Section 15 of Tarzan the Terrible by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 15 The King is Dead. As they conversed, Jadon had led her down the stone stairway that leads from the upper floors of the Temple of the Griff to the chambers and the corridors that honeycomb the rocky hills from which the temple and the palace are hewn, and now they passed from one to the other through a doorway upon one side of which two priests stood guard, and upon the other two warriors. The former would have halted Jadon when they saw who it was that accompanied him, for well known throughout the temple was the quarrel between king and high priest for possession of this beautiful stranger. "'Only by order of Ludon may she pass,' said one, placing himself directly in front of Jane Clayton, barring her progress. Through the hollow eyes of the hideous mask the woman could see those of the priest beneath gleaming with the fires of fanaticism." Jadon placed an arm about her shoulders and laid his hand upon his knife. "'She passes by order of Kotan the king,' he said, "'and by virtue of the fact that Jadon the chief is her guide. Stand aside.' The two warriors upon the palace side pressed forward. "'We are here, Gund of Jalur,' said one, addressing Jadon, "'to receive and obey your commands.' The second priest now interposed let them pass he admonished his companion we have received no direct commands from ludon to the contrary and it is a law of the temple and the palace that chiefs and priests may come and go without interference but i know ludon's wishes insisted the other he told you then that jadon must not pass with the stranger no but then let them pass for they are three to two and will pass anyway we have done our best grumbling the priest stepped aside ludon will exact an accounting he cried angrily jadon turned upon him and get it when and where he will he snapped they came at last to the quarters of the princess oloa where in the main entranceway loitered a small guard of palace warriors and several stalwart black eunuchs belonging to the princess or her women to one of the latter jadon relinquished his charge take her to the princess he commanded and see that she does not escape through a number of corridors and apartments lighted by stone cressets the eunuch led lady greystoke halting at last before a doorway concealed by hangings of giotto skin where the guide beat with his staff upon the wall beside the door oloa princess of Palyuldan, he called here is the stranger woman the prisoner from the temple bid her enter jane heard a sweet voice from within command the eunuch drew aside the hangings and lady greystoke stepped within before her was a low-ceiled room of moderate size in each of the four corners a kneeling figure of stone seemed to be bearing its portion of the weight of the ceiling upon its shoulders these figures were evidently intended to represent waz-don slaves and were not without bold artistic beauty the ceiling itself was slightly arched to a central dome which was pierced to admit light by day and air upon one side of the room were many windows the other three walls being blank except for a doorway in each the princess lay upon a pile of furs which were arranged over a low stone dais in one corner of the apartment and was alone except for a single waz-don slave girl who sat upon the edge of the dais near her feet 
as jane entered o lo a beckoned her to approach and when she stood beside the couch the girl half rose upon an elbow and surveyed her critically how beautiful you are she said simply jane smiled sadly for she had found that beauty may be a curse that is indeed a compliment she replied quickly from one so radiant as the princess oloa ah exclaimed the princess delightedly you speak my language i was told that you were of another race and from some far land of which we of paluldan have never heard ludan saw to it that the priests instructed me explained jane but i am from a far country princess one to which i long to return and i am very unhappy but Kotan, my father would make you his queen cried the girl that should make you very happy but it does not replied the prisoner i love another to whom i am already wed ah princess if you had known what it was to love and to be forced into marriage with another you would sympathize with me the princess oloa was silent for a long moment i know she said at last and i am very sorry for you but if the king's daughter cannot save herself from such a fate who may save a slave-woman for such in fact you are the drinking in the great banquet hall of the palace of Kotan, king of paluldan had commenced earlier this night than was usual for the king was celebrating the morrow's betrothal of his only daughter to bulat son of mosar the chief whose great-grandfather had been king of paluldan and who thought that he should be king and mosar was drunk and so was bulat his son for that matter nearly all of the warriors including the king himself were drunk in the heart of Kotan was no love either for mosar or bulat nor did either of these love the king Kotan was giving his daughter to bulat in the hope that the alliance would prevent mosar from insisting upon his claims to the throne for next to jadan mosar was the most powerful of the chiefs and while Kotan looked with fear upon jadan too he had no fear that the old lion man would attempt to seize the throne though which way he would throw his influence and his warriors in the event that mosar declare war upon Kotan, the king could not guess primitive people who are also warlike are seldom inclined toward either tact or diplomacy even when sober but drunk they know not the words if aroused it was really bulat who started it this he said i drink to oloa and he emptied his tankard at a single gulp and this seizing a full one from a neighbor to her son and mine who will bring back the throne of paluldan to its rightful owners the king is not yet dead cried Kotan, rising to his feet nor is bulat yet married to his daughter and there is yet time to save paluldan from the spawn of the rabbit breed the king's angry tone and his insulting reference to bulat's well-known cowardice brought a sudden sobering silence upon the roistering company every eye turned upon bulat and mosar who sat together directly opposite the king the first was very drunk though suddenly he seemed quite sober he was so drunk that for an instant he forgot to be a coward since his reasoning powers were so effectually paralyzed by the fumes of liquor that he could not intelligently weigh the consequences of his acts it is reasonably conceivable that a drunk and angry rabbit might commit a rash deed upon no other hypothesis is the thing that bulat now did explicable he rose suddenly from the seat to which he had sunk after delivering his toast 
and seizing the knife from the sheath of the warrior upon his right hurled it with terrific force at Kotan. Skilled in the art of throwing both their knives and their clubs are the warriors of Paluldon, and at this short distance and coming as it did without warning there was no defense and but one possible result. Kotan the king lunged forward across the table, blade buried in his heart. A brief silence followed the assassin's cowardly act. White with terror now, Bulat fell slowly back toward the doorway at his rear, when suddenly angry warriors leaped with drawn knives to prevent his escape and to avenge their king. But Mosar now took his stand beside his son. Kotan is dead, he cried. Mosar is king. Let the loyal warriors of Paluldon protect their ruler. Mosar commanded a goodly following, and these quickly surrounded him and Bulat. But there were many knives against them, and now Jadon pressed forward through those who confronted the pretender. Take them both, he shouted. The warriors of Paluldon will choose their own king after the assassin of Kotan has paid the penalty of his treachery. Directed now by a leader whom they both respected and admired, those who had been loyal to Kotan rushed forward upon the faction that had surrounded Mosar. Fierce and terrible was the fighting, devoid apparently of all else than the ferocious lust to kill, and while it was at its height, Mosar and Bulat slipped unnoticed from the banquet hall. To that part of the palace assigned to them during their visit to Allure they hastened. Here were their servants and the lesser warriors of their party who had not been bidden to the feast of Kotan. These were directed quickly to gather together their belongings for immediate departure. When all was ready, and it did not take long, since the warriors of Paluldon require but little impedimenta on the march, they moved toward the palace gate. Suddenly Mosar approached his son. The princess, he whispered, we must not leave the city without her. She has half the battle for the throne. Bulat, now entirely sober, demurred. He had had enough of fighting and of risk. Let us get out of Allure quickly, he urged, or we shall have the whole city upon us. She would not come without a struggle, and that would delay us too long. There is plenty of time, insisted Mosar. They are still fighting in the Paladonso. It will be long before they miss us, and, with Kotan dead, long before any will think to look to the safety of the princess. Our time is now. It is made for us by Jad ben Otho. Come! Reluctantly, Bulat followed his father, who first instructed the warriors to await them just inside the gateway of the palace. Rapidly the two approached the quarters of the princess. Within the entranceway only a handful of warriors were on guard. The eunuchs had retired. There is fighting in the Paladonso, Mosar announced in feigned excitement as they entered the presence of the guards. The king desires you to come at once and has sent us to guard the apartments of the princess. Make haste, he commanded as the men hesitated. The warriors knew him and that on the morrow the princess was to be betrothed to Bulat, his son. If there was trouble, what more natural than that Mosar and Bulat should be entrusted with the safety of the princess? and then too was not mosar a powerful chief to whose orders disobedience might prove a dangerous thing they were but common fighting men disciplined in the rough school of tribal warfare but they had learned to obey a superior and so they departed for the banquet hall the place where men eat barely waiting until they had disappeared mosar crossed to the hangings at the opposite end of the entrance hall and followed by bulat made his way toward the sleeping apartment of Olo-a, and a moment later without warning the two men burst in upon the three occupants of the room 
at sight of them o lo a sprang to her feet what is the meaning of this she demanded angrily mo sar advanced and halted before her into his cunning mind had entered a plan to trick her if it succeeded it would prove easier than taking her by force and then his eyes fell upon jane clayton and he almost gasped in astonishment and admiration but he caught himself and returned to the business of the moment Eloa, he cried when you know the urgency of our mission you will forgive us we have sad news for you there has been an uprising in the palace and Khotan the king has been slain the rebels are drunk with liquor and now on their way here we must get you out of allure at once there is not a moment to lose come and quickly my father dead cried oloa and suddenly her eyes went wide then my place is here with my people she cried if Khotan is dead i am queen until the warriors choose a new ruler that is the law of Pagildan and if i am queen none can make me wed whom i do not wish to wed and jad banotho knows i never wish to wed thy cowardly son go she pointed a slim forefinger imperiously toward the doorway mosar saw that neither trickery nor persuasion would avail now and every precious minute counted he looked again at the beautiful woman who stood beside oloa he had never before seen her but he well knew from palace gossip that she could be no other than the godlike stranger whom Khotan had planned to make his queen. Bilot, he cried to his son, take you your own woman and I will take mine. And with that he sprang suddenly forward and seizing Jane about the waist, lifted her in his arms so that before Oloa or Panatli might even guess his purpose, he had disappeared through the hangings near the foot of the dais and was gone with the stranger woman struggling and fighting in his grasp and then Bulot sought to seize Oloa, but Oloa had her Panat Lee, fierce little tiger girl of the savage Coriol jaw, Panat Lee whose name belied her, and Bulot found that with the two of them his hands were full. When he would have lifted Oloa and borne her away, Panat Lee seized him around the legs and strove to drag him down. Viciously he kicked her, but she would not desist, and finally, realizing that he might not only lose his princess, but be so delayed as to invite capture if he did not rid himself of this clawing, scratching she-jato, he hurled Oloa to the floor, and seizing Panatli by the hair, drew his knife, and the curtains behind him suddenly parted. In two swift bounds a lithe figure crossed the room, and before ever the knife of Bulot reached its goal, his wrist was seized from behind, and a terrific blow crashing to the base of his brain dropped him lifeless to the floor bulat coward traitor and assassin died without knowing who struck him down as tarzan of the apes leaped into the pool in the griff pit of the temple of allure one might have accounted for his act on the hypothesis that it was the last blind urge of self-preservation to delay even for a moment the inevitable tragedy in which each some day must play the leading role upon his little stage but no those cool gray eyes had caught the sole possibility for escape that the surroundings and the circumstances offered a tiny moonlit patch of water glimmering through a small aperture in the cliff at the surface of the pool upon its farther side with swift bold strokes he swam for speed alone knowing that the water would in no way deter his pursuer nor did it tarzan heard the great splash as the huge creature plunged into the pool behind him he heard the churning waters as it forged rapidly onward in his wake he was nearing the opening would it be large enough to permit the passage of his body that portion of it which showed above the surface of the water most certainly would not his life then depended on how much of the aperture was submerged 
and now it was directly before him and the griff directly behind there was no alternative there was no other hope the ape-man threw all the resources of his great strength into the last few strokes extended his hands before him as a cutwater submerged to the water's level and shot forward through the hole frothing with rage was the baffled ludon as he realized how neatly the stranger she had turned his own tables upon him he could of course escape the temple of the griff in which her quick wit had temporarily imprisoned him but during the delay however brief jadon would find time to steal her from the temple and deliver her to kotan but he would have her yet that the high priest swore in the names of jad ben otho and all the demons of his faith he hated kotan secretly he had espoused the cause of mosar in whom he would have a willing tool perhaps then this would give him the opportunity he had long awaited a pretext for inciting the revolt that would dethrone kotan and place mosar in power with ludon the real ruler of pal yul -don. He licked his thin lips as he sought the window through which Tarzan had entered, and now Ludon's only avenue of escape. Cautiously he made his way across the floor, feeling before him with his hands, and when they discovered that the trap was set for him, an ugly snarl broke from the priest's lips. "'The she-devil!' he muttered. "'But she shall pay! She shall pay! Ah, Jad ben Otho! How she shall pay for the trick she has played upon Ludon!' he crawled through the window and climbed easily downward to the ground should he pursue jadon and the woman chancing an encounter with the fierce chief or bide his time until treachery and intrigue should accomplish his design he chose the latter solution as might have been expected of such as he going to his quarters he summoned several of his priests those who were most in his confidence and who shared his ambitions for absolute power of the temple over the palace all men who hated kotan the time has come he told them when the authority of the temple must be placed definitely above that of the palace kotan must make way for mosar for kotan has defied your high priest go then pansat and summon mosar secretly to the temple and you others go to the city and prepare the faithful warriors that they may be in readiness when the time comes for another hour they discussed the details of the coup d'etat that was to overthrow the government of pal yul -don. one knew a slave who as the signal sounded from the temple gong would thrust a knife into the heart of kotan for the price of liberty another held personal knowledge of an officer of the palace that he could use to compel the latter to admit a number of ludon's warriors to various parts of the palace with mosar as the cat's paw the plan seemed scarce possible of failure and so they separated going upon their immediate errands to palace and to city as pansat entered the palace grounds he was aware of a sudden commotion in the direction of the paladonso and a few minutes later ludon was surprised to see him return to the apartments of the high priest breathless and excited what now pansat cried ludon are you pursued by demons oh master our time has come and gone while we sat here planning kotan is already dead and mosar fled his friends are fighting with the warriors of the palace but they have no head while jadon leads the others i could learn but little from frightened slaves who had fled at the outburst of the quarrel one told me that bulat had slain the king and that he had seen mosar and the assassin hurrying from the palace jadon muttered the high priest the fools will make him king if we do not act and act quickly get into the city pansat 
let your feet fly and raise the cry that jadon has killed the king and is seeking to wrest the throne from oloa spread the word as you know best how to spread it that jadon has threatened to destroy the priests and hurl the altars of the temple into jad ben lul rouse the warriors of the city and urge them to attack at once lead them into the temple by the secret way that only the priests know and from there we may spew them out upon the palace before they learn the truth go Pansat, immediately delay not an instant but stay he called as the under-priest turned to leave the apartment saw or heard you anything of the strange white woman that jadon stole from the temple of the griff where we have had her imprisoned only that jadon took her into the palace where he threatened the priests with violence if they did not permit him to pass replied pansat this they told me but where within the palace she is hidden i know not Kotan ordered her to the forbidden garden said ludon doubtless we shall find her there and now pansat be upon your errand in a corridor by ludon's chamber a hideously masked priest leaned close to the curtained aperture that led within were he listening he must have heard all that passed between pansat and the high priest and that he had listened was evidenced by his hasty withdrawal to the shadows of a nearby passageway as the lesser priest moved across the chamber toward the doorway pansat went his way in ignorance of the near presence that he almost brushed against as he hurried toward the secret passage that leads from the temple of jad ben otho far beneath the palace to the city beyond nor did he sense the silent creature following in his footsteps End of chapter 15. Read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com.